size eyes. The life of a long-term multitasker. This is the Casually Profound series, where conversations create deeper connections with others and yourself, where every interaction is an opportunity to laugh, think, and feel fully, where magical moments happen spontaneously and abundantly. This series has discussions that transcend the surface level of what people do or who they are in the outer world. It aims to normalize thinking. I hope for all those engaged in this discussion, including myself, the guest, and especially you, the active listener, we stop and ponder on the ultimate question, who am I really? All while enjoying every second of it, of course. All right, welcome back, everybody. I am extremely excited to be here today at Land of a Thousand Hills Coffee, new coffee shop here in the Charlotte uh, Lower South End area with Justin Kelsey. He's my conversation partner today. Um, I met Justin Kelsey through, uh, through Tuyo Laundry uh, a few years ago, and he became a uh, kind of a brand ambassador, a 2020 uh, timekeeper for Tuyo Laundry, and um, started interacting with him creates amazing content personally and in the last one two years recently started a, um, a digital marketing and content creation agency called Vaxa Digital so he's a founder and CEO and maintenance man of <laughs> Vaxa Digital um, so yeah I'm truly really excited to be talking to you today Justin yes uh, thanks for having me I'm uh, <clears throat> excuse me a lot of coffee this morning <laughs> I'm stoked to be here like ch chatting with you in person now um, I know it's been yeah like two or three years since we first met doing the timekeeper program so I, I think you're like hey I need you to make this video for me this month so we can <laughs> chop it up into a video or photo and I was like all right let's do this yeah so, no, it was super fun I had a blast doing that and, and meeting the rest of the 2U team and going down there and we ended up like working with you guys after that and made some content for 2U, which right. was super sweet to see the whole operation and process. So um, yeah, I'm stoked to be here, stoked to catch up as always. Likewise, likewise. So kind of every conversation in the Casually Profound series, I just kind of start with like a grateful thing. And so for, for me, I'll definitely really being grateful for the environment at work in which I am in, where it's in addition to like the, the actual work that kind of I'm have ownership of and really take pride in. Um, we're kind of building out like the marketing strategy now um, with like the franchise side specifically as well as like the pickup and delivery side. It's like I get to have ownership of it, but then really interacting with the employees, but then the really grateful for the, the new franchise owners, the store owners that have been coming in the last year or so and really been able to leverage their knowledge, their experience, not just to help make the franchise system better but then like to so that I can learn more right about my professional career and personal life and stuff like that so I'm really excited to and grateful for them coming into our business and really um, tapping into their potential yeah, yeah. you guys are in a, a super exciting time right now yeah. I know <laughs> your role specifically has shifted so much I feel like in the oh, last yeah, like yeah. two years since <laughs> you saw a job description you. it'd be like yeah. completely different but that's, I mean that's a startup right yeah. that's, that's just everybody's wearing 10 different hats yeah. so that's, I, I think that's a perfect thing to be grateful for I mean on, on my end I similarly uh, you know grateful for my team I think you know I I learn from them so much more than they learn from me these days like I have really been diligent to 
hire people that have the right mindset but are much more skilled in a certain area than I am. Like I'm going to hire an editor who's better than I am. I'm going to hire a videographer who's better than I am. So I am just incredibly grateful that I've been able to find this team that is committed, that is bought into my long-term vision of what we're building at VAXA and just, uh, you know, kind of take a step back sometimes be like, hey, I know the ship's like going in the right direction without me. I can breathe. I can focus on the growth of the business and everything's going to be okay at the end of the day. So incredibly grateful to just have them in my life, have them committed to what we're building and, you know, be able to breathe a little bit more. Nice. Yeah. I love that letting go and it's kind of like, all right, that autonomy and ownership of like everyone else at the company all level up and putting ourselves, right? I heard something good at a conference lately that once you can start to delegate tasks, you've, you know, elevated your business to the next level. Mm -hmm. Like once you can kind of delegate tasks, that's great. When you can delegate decisions, that's when you can really take a step back. Mm. Like if you can delegate tasks here, I can be like, hey, Sai, can you knock this out for me real quick? But if I'm like, hey, Sai, can you decide between doing this style of video and this style of video? Now, all of a sudden, my life, you know, is really easy. Mm. That's how you find your managers versus your executors. And you're, you know, I can stay the visionary. So I I love the idea of like just delegation and letting go a little bit. Nice, nice. That's awesome. I know we've already kind of started to dig in here (laughs) Um, before we fully go in. Let's kind of want to do like a quick visualization um, um, experience here where we can just kind of close our eyes and sink deeply into our seats. Take a couple of deep breaths and relax from head to toe, feeling the relaxation in your neck, in the shoulders, in your hips, in your legs, in your feet. Totally relaxed for this amazing conversation that we're about to have, where we're throwing out new, insightful, creative ideas going off of each other with that spark and really having a casual yet profound experience that we share with each other but with anyone else who's also listening. Just soak in that feeling for a quick second. Awesome. How did that feel? I like that, man. <laughs> I, like, I love it, actually. Nice, I feel nice. like, uh, I don't know if you ever listen to Calm, like the meditation app, yeah, yeah. but uh, I feel like Tamara Levitt better watch out for her job because <laughs> size coming for it. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that was great. I was like, man, I didn't think I could like get into that deep of relaxation in a coffee shop with music playing. Yeah. Just, I happen to love this song, so it makes it even better. So. Oh, nice. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, so I kind of the first question I want to ask you, Justin, is... Um, you can kind of take it a deep end or, you know, whichever route you want. But first question I want to ask is, who do others think Justin Kelsey is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on, like, what stage of my life you were looking at me. But I, I guess right now, I don't know. That is a great question. I think from the outside, they're probably like, what does this guy do? Because I'm always posting so many different <laughs> random things on my, like, Instagram. You know, I love... DIY projects. I love to build businesses. I love to 
play with my dog and take trips with my girlfriend. And, you know, there's so many different things that when they look at me, they're like, what does he do? But then you, you get into the content of what I'm putting, putting out and you can tell I love video, like all things video. People look at me and they're like, hey, Justin, I'm launching a YouTube series. I'm like, to be honest, I only have like 50 YouTube followers. I can't like help you out that much, but here's what you should do to make your video look really good. And right. um, so I, I love video. I've always been passionate about it since I was 10 years old. I've been making videos. So I think through my entire life, even when I was studying finance in college and then working in banking and doing venture capital and mm -hmm. starting up, you know, accelerator program for the bank, anyone who knew me knew that my passion was always in video. So I think if, if you got to know me a little bit, you would know that I probably have a very creative mind, at least that's what I've been told, and I love to, to just create things, whether that's video, whether that's building something at my house and, you know, yeah. I don't know, inventing something in my garage. Like, I've always just loved to create, so I think maybe people look at me and say, this guy just likes to make stuff, so <laughs> that's what it comes down to, I guess. Nice, nice. So I guess, what types of, so I, uh, you kind of mentioned on, you know, after graduating college, you kind of went to like bank finance type of role, and now it's like a... You know, content agency, right? Mm -hmm. So what kind of made that shift going from one to the other? Yeah, so I, I have always loved filmmaking. I've always loved video. I did it in, in high school. I did it in middle school even. I was like a director of the news in high school and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Thought that was my path in life that I was going down. And I applied to FSU's film program, and I ended up going to University of Florida, so now FSU is like, eh, glad I didn't yeah. go there. But um, I ended up not getting into their film program because it was so selective. I think they took in like 20 people. I just oh, wow. hadn't done enough work in high school to really get into a film program. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, what else do I love? I've always loved like starting businesses. I started five businesses in high school and ran the financials on them and like loved doing that. Yeah. So I was like, hey, I love business. I love finance. Why don't I study that? So took that route. Uh, Graduated with a degree in finance. Wasn't really sure where I wanted to go. Ended up, you know, going into strategy consulting, uh, working for Accenture, doing uh, digital strategy, and okay. that played into finance, played into banking, played into kind of all of that. Did that for a couple of years. Ended up transitioning to Bank of America in a very innovation-focused role, which I think okay. was, again, more playing to my roots of just loving to create things. I, yeah. I, I liked that role because they're like, hey. We're on a five-person team that directly reports up to the C-suite, basically. Do you want to join this team and help us figure out how we can make Bank of America more innovative? Whether that means doing venture placements and small fintech companies, whether that means launching our own accelerator program, which I ended up helping do. Okay. Um, that's kind of, I guess, how I transitioned from consulting, which was already fun. I loved it because, again, every, like five months it was a new project I'm very like ADHD sometimes so it's like ooh I love, love new shiny things I love right, to like yeah. create something <laughs> so jumping from project to project and consulting was fun then I went to the bank uh, while I was at the bank that's when you know I loved what I was doing there but I knew ultimately at the end of the day I wanted to start my own company like that's always been the end goal or starting another company I've had you know what I would call a lot of side hustles in the past yeah but never like a full-blown company <clears throat> excuse me that could support me full-time so I was like hey this is it. Like, I know the bank is great. I love working here. But yeah. I am forever drawn to just being a creator and creating my own kind of destiny. So uh -huh. that's when I started Vaxa kind of as a side hustle while I was working in banking. I, again, I wanted to go back to my roots. I yeah. loved video. So I was like, okay, there's a huge demand in the world of e-commerce right now for content. You know, every brand out there is in a massive need of content, especially with TikTok and Instagram and everything being more popular than ever. Yeah. Brands loved content and they couldn't find a way to get it. And that's when I was like, hey, there's a problem here. There's something I could leverage my finance and strategy background to help solve because very few creatives have that background going into right. it. So I was like, hey, if I can do this a little bit differently, have a very optimized process for this, 
it's going to probably do pretty well. And so I did it as a side hustle. Eventually, that uh, kind of matched what I was making at the bank in terms of what we were pulling in revenue-wise, which okay. was a good, a healthy amount. So I, I knew that was kind of the time. I was like, okay, this yeah. is taking off. I enjoy this, you know, probably more than what I'm doing at the bank. Like it had <laughs> yeah. its own stresses. Don't get me wrong. Like starting a company is one of the most stressful things you can possibly <laughs> go through. Uh, a lot of like daily meditation and gratitude and mindfulness exercises yeah. in the morning to like keep myself from going crazy. Um, but it was like still pulling me to that, even through all the yeah. hardship, even through all the adversity, like I was still getting pulled to just launching that company. So finally I just made the decision like almost exactly a year ago, February, 2021, I was like, you know what? It's time. Like the bank was yeah. kind of catching on to what I was doing on the side. My managers were like asking me like, hey, we see like you're on LinkedIn posting about video and talking about Vaxa, like what is Vaxa? I'm like, oh, it's just a little side project. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I, I knew like it was, I had to go full time with it if I wanted to blow it up because I couldn't, be promoting backs all the time. It couldn't be like what I was known for yeah. if I was still at the bank. So right. that's when I just like had a casual conversation with my boss. He was awesome. Jorge, shout out. Uh, he like was so understanding of it at the time, like what I wanted to do yeah. because he had also started his own company, left corporate, did that for five years and then came back to the bank as an executive. So he, he was very familiar with that path. Um, and he's like, honestly, man, if this is what's, what's drawing you, go do it. Like if that's yeah. what, what's gonna make you happy and fulfilled at the end of the day, I fully support you. You'll always have a spot, you know, kind of back on the team if you ever want to come back. But he's like, go try this, you know, follow your passion and see what happens. So, you know, nice. over the last year, we've been full growth mode, fully committed to growing Vaxa and, and now a couple other small projects. But uh, yeah, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. I mean, it's awesome to hear like the, the support from your like immediate team, especially like your manager of like, hey, like I and especially for someone who like went through a similar experience of like all right, doing the side hustle and then yeah. transitioning to um, you know, making it full time, right? Yeah. I, I guess like, I'm sure that was like a, I guess in that transition, what was going on in your mind? Your you know, family to think about and like, you know, career, financially, all these things are like, all right, like what made you kind of go over the edge other than just the financial aspect of it? Yeah, I mean, it was ter terrifying. One of the most like <laughs> terrifying decisions I've ever made, uh, giving up. You know, it's, it's weird when you have this like massive corporation behind you, you walk into a room and you're kind of like, have this invisible flag over your head, like, oh, Bank of America or Accenture or wherever I was working yeah. at the time. It's very easy to say, hey, I'm a AVP at Bank of America. Well, you know, what do you do, blah, blah, blah. And you have this instant report to you. When you go to start your own company, you don't have that anymore. You're just another person out there, especially a creative agency. Like, technically, you don't need any degree even. You don't even need a high school degree to technically do what we're doing. Like, you just have to have the right mindset. Yeah. So I was a little bit nervous of that. Like, man, am I, like, a little bit of imposter syndrome in a way. I was like, man, am I cut out for this? Was I prepared for this? Am I the right person to be running a creative agency with no technical creative background, uh -huh. no, no background in marketing, et cetera? Um, so it was terrifying from that regard. But again, I was just pulled to it. I knew that was what I had to do. Um, and that's when I, you know, from a financial perspective, I, I ran all my finances. I said, okay, this is my run rate. This is how much I've saved up from the bank. Okay. I can easily survive 18 months with no income coming in from Vaxa personally. Yeah. I couldn't have employees, but I could easily like milk my set aside savings for 18 months and grow Vaxa without any salary at all. So I was like, okay. I'm comfortable going into this because I know for a fact in 18 months I'll be able to make this like work and make profit. And we ended yeah. up making profit like month one basically. But amazing. Um, so that was great. So that like settled some of those concerns from a family perspective. Like my 
my parents, my girlfriend, everybody who knew me, everyone who was close to me, my best friends, they were like, Justin, you have to do this. Like, <laughs> there was not a single person that I can think of that was like, you need to stay in corporate America. I, I was very surprised <laughs> by that. Says no one ever. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, says no one ever. Even my like grandfather, who was like, you know, raised in that generation of working and yeah, retiring yeah. and like saving a bunch of money. He, he was even like, you know, if this is what you're passionate about, you know, yeah. I'm confident that you can do it. And, you know, that's that's the the seal of approval from friends and family like came you know overwhelmingly they were like you have to do this and then it got to the point where i was like shit if i don't do this now i'm really gonna piss everyone <laughs> off so um yeah yeah so it ended up working out great and you know it was scary at first that first like writing that two weeks email and like getting oh. it making it official like I'm at sure. that point you're over the cliff you're kind of hanging on by a rope and it was about to be cut in two weeks so it's yeah. like okay it's coming. I can't go back on this stuff <laughs> because they know what my intentions are. I couldn't have stayed at that point. Yeah. Um, it ended up being really smooth. They ended up like giving me the last two weeks pretty much like off, but still paid right, me out yeah. for it. Um, so it, it was awesome. And you know, looking back, it, it's one of the best decisions I ever made. And I'm just kind of excited to see where things go now. That's awesome to hear. I guess how did you kind of? I mean, you mentioned about something about like imposter syndrome when you were first starting out, right? I guess have there been any things from there that really helped? develop that mindset of like all right this I'm I am where I'm supposed to be or all right I can start building a team out and all right I have the finances you know checked after month one etc right any practices and stuff like that to help you transcend that yeah I think a big one was finding the right mentors like I know you have some great mentors and I mean anyone who's in this world you know probably has some degree of a mentor but for me that was really what kept me on the right path forward I think was being yeah. able to talk to you know Roy Morjan from Inventus and uh, you know Lewis Foreman from Inventus like those are two of my big mentors at the yeah. moment but I have so many other mentors throughout the process who you know I would talk with in a time of adversity and even within the creative agency um, you know I had other friends that were running and CEOs of creative agencies doing four to five million a year and we'd have casual conversations you know like with Chandler Welling or Tommy Patterson or Nick Shackelford and they were like honestly yeah. we don't know what we're doing either sometimes <laughs> like so I was like okay that's reassuring like yeah. I'm the only one feeling like I'm just like you know no clue what I'm doing sometimes like there's I think this was uh god who was it that said this Eddie Maloof uh, from 4 Media Marketing. We, I was at a conference with him a couple months ago. Uh -huh. He was like, there's nobody that gets a degree in being a CEO. Like, there's no one that can teach you. There's no program that can teach you yeah. to be the CEO of your business. You just have to do it. You're going to make mistakes. You got to right. hope your team sticks along for those mistakes and trust you. So, um, you know, I think having the right mentors, knowing, you know, from an imposter syndrome perspective, like, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to have a plan. Nothing's going to be perfect. I think that's really helped me through a lot. And just constantly reminding myself of that. And again, having a daily gratitude practice, like, hey, yeah. I'm grateful that I'm here right now. We are making money. I have my team. Yeah. Like, I have a roof over my head. I can pay my mortgage. I have an amazing family and girlfriend and support system. Right. You know, everything else will, will solve itself, basically. Right, exactly. I wonder if you can go a little bit more into that. Um, that daily practices of like what really makes you, um, you know, perform at the level that you do and create content with your team at the level that it does, right? Are there any specific things that helps you get that mindset of, uh, of being a founder? Yeah, and I, I'd be curious to hear yours too in a second, yeah. but yeah. Uh, you know, from, from my end, I, I've shifted my, my quote-unquote morning routine around so many different times. Yeah. I've tried no morning routine. I've tried a really robust one. You know, for a while I was doing a two and a half long or two and a half hour long morning routine where I was like, you know, waking up 6am and from 6am to 8.30am yeah. I was 
doing like 10 minute blocks of meditation and Peloton and gratitude and journaling and reading. And it was yeah. like literally using like a kitchen timer to like time block everything <laughs> out. And that was great. I think I read yeah. that from a book, um, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. It was okay, a great, yeah. great read. Um, that kind of talks about that, but I think I maybe made it a little bit too intense sometimes. So I would find myself only doing half of it or skipping half the things on the list. Yeah. And that was fine. But now it's kind of like I, I wake up, I still have a, a morning routine, quote unquote. I immediately get out of bed, try not to snooze my alarm, chug a glass of water, like right off the bat, yeah. brush my teeth. Um, from there, I'll go into my office, usually like read for five to 10 minutes on a Kindle. Getting a Kindle is also probably the best thing I've done in a okay. long time yeah. <laughs> because highlighting and exporting it out to Notion and being able to like keep all my notes organized yeah. in one place is game changer. Yeah. Um, so I'll do that. Uh, usually then I'll go into my like guest bedroom where we have like a little meditation room set up right okay. now because we don't have a bed because we're still moving in. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> still trying to get furniture. Um, yeah. So right now it's our like yoga meditation room. Um, if I'm feeling it, I'll do like a 20 minute yoga um, using you know, the Peloton on the TV or something, okay. uh, follow that. Uh, while I'm on the mat, I'll try to go into like a quick, like sit practice for meditation. Maybe I'll do like 10 to 15 minutes, usually using the Calm app, kind of guided meditation. Again, yeah. if I try to meditate on my own, I just like, my mind goes crazy. So I kind of <laughs> need that guidance a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I'll sit on the mat, do that. Uh, I'll do a little stretching right afterwards. Uh -huh. And then, uh, Usually, depending on my morning, if it's going to be crazy, I'll get right to work. Uh, if I have time, I'll try to go do a quick journaling session, maybe write down some thoughts on you know, how the day went yesterday, um, yeah. try to like plan out an article that I want to write or something like that. But okay. usually after like the meditation yoga happens in the morning, the rest kind of varies based on the day. Maybe I'll cook breakfast if I have time. I try to cook breakfast more if I can and just fuel up with like a very protein heavy, like as little carbs as possible so I don't get that like groggy feeling in the yeah. morning. Um, and then I kind of just let the day take me from there and see where it goes. But I also, uh, time blocking is big for me. Like that's a okay, huge yeah. aspect that I previously was doing in the morning. Now I do it the night before because I can wake up and immediately check my schedule on what I'm yeah. doing for that day. Huge game changer in terms of productivity. So every hour slash half hour slash 15 minutes in my Google calendar, is blocked out for that day with maybe it's just a block that's like hey create content it doesn't have to be very right. specific but it's um you know maybe on on mondays and tuesdays are my big like personal branding content days so i'll like record yeah. a record a reels or make a reels wednesdays is a big meeting day for vaxus we have all of our meetings on wednesday we try not to meet any other days of the week like in terms of big meetings we yeah. kind of keep everything to wednesday then thursday fridays are like production days so i try to keep my schedule pretty free in case i need to help out with that but um, you know, in terms of, of that, that's my, my kind of morning and midday routine. And then at night, I, yeah. uh, I don't really have a nighttime routine. I know I probably should have a better one. The biggest thing for me is like, I, I don't look at my phone like an hour before bed. I try to keep it plugged in, charging off my nightstand across the room on a dresser. Right. I drink like a chamomile tea is like a big thing for me that I've done okay. over the last month that is hugely helped my sleep. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a, like just something in my head. Maybe it's like a, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it, like a not even a real effect on me but I like think ooh, I'm dr drinking this warm chamomile tea yeah. it puts me in the mindset of going to sleep um, and then I'll like just kind of lay down and go to sleep and sometimes I'll do a nightly meditation practice if it helps me kind of unwind my, my brain yeah. a little bit but um, I don't know it's, it's working for me right now gotcha. how long have you done the uh, I guess like so I guess how long does a morning routine kind of take now from like the shifted two and a half hour one? Yeah, I'd say I still dedicate at least an hour to an hour and a half. Okay. If I'm including breakfast and, you know, 
taking a shower and that sometimes right, it just like, depends on the morning if I can be up at 6 a.m. and not let my like distracted mind get a hold of me and sometimes I, I have so much to do that I have to start working and I just have to skip it completely yeah which I try not to do as much as I can because I really know there is so much value in like having a, a strong start to your morning that's not going straight into work um, but for the most part I'd say like an hour to an hour and a half probably okay um, I nice. try to I mean Again, the luxury of kind of being the founder slash CEO of company is you kind of control your working hours, yeah. the same too, which can also be your detriment. You know, six months ago, I spent way too much time during the day, like, I don't know, doing DIY projects around my house. Like, you yeah. know, the, the business would be running itself, the t production would be handled that day, and I would go say, okay, I need to fix a light switch. And I would do it like at two in the afternoon, which is fine. Now I try to really not do that so I can 100% yeah. be focused on Vaxa during the day. Um, and that's helped quite a bit in terms of just getting a little bit more done and I'll save those projects for like nights and weekends. Okay, nice. So yeah, I'm curious to hear your like quick morning routine though too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've gone through a similar kind of thing where like last, yeah, some, last year, one, one, two years ago, I would have like a, a three hour routine in the morning. Uh, you know, wake up, you know, like six or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, and I guess when I moved to Waxhaw, right, it's like um, getting into work at like 9, 9.15. I'm like, I want to get, I'm like, I'm a, normally a morning person anyways. I don't want to be spending that much time doing stuff, right? Because I'd, <laughs> um, I'd be spending a lot of time. Uh, yeah, so I would do like a specific like meditation. Yeah. Um, uh, I would follow like, I don't know if you've heard of Sadhguru. Mm -mm. Um, he's like a Indian like mystic guru, like nice. author and stuff okay. like that. Um, and so... Um, I would do like specific meditation that has a few phases, but takes like 20, 30 minutes. Um, and then um, I would, I've gotten like last couple of years really drinking uh, celery juice in the morning, every, oh, every morning. And it's, it's a What's game What's it taste like? It uh, well, so the taste is, I mean, it's not like, yeah. it's not going to be a coffee or, a, you know, an amazing <laughs> chocolate or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but not I mean, like it, this random mocha. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the effects are act, like, you mm. can feel the effects almost immediately. Really? Because like for me, it has really impacted my like gut health, hmm. where it kind of you can almost tell by your like bathroom experience yeah. what huh. um, how healthy my food was for like lunch and dinner the day before. Interesting, right? If I have like Taco Bell, it's not gonna be a good experience. <laughs> if I for anybody, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, but if it's like I eat like salad and like you know, um, you know, protein shake, like you know, healthier things, right? Throughout like the day, and then I drink celery juice in the morning, right? It's, it's a completely different experience, right? And I can feel it. Huh. Like, I think similar to you, what you were saying about like, you, want, you don't want to eat too much carbs or whatever in the morning, right? To feel that like, you know, heavy feeling, yeah. right? So like, that's usually the only like food or like thing that I'll have. Bef I, maybe I'll have like a banana or some nuts like in the morning as well. Like, but that's the only thing that I'll consume aside from water, like before lunch, yeah. right? And so like really focusing on that and then, you know, I'm showering, meditating, um, well, the first thing that I do is kind of like the, like setting intentions. Um, like just while I'm in my, in my bed, like the first five minutes, I'll just like close my eyes and kind of s like picture. Um, I, so I used to actually, I've gone through several variations of this, but uh -huh. I used to picture like each thing that I was specifically going to be doing, right? Like if, if it was like in a time block, I don't fully time block, but mm -hmm. if it's like time blocks or meetings mm -hmm. or activities or whatnot, I'll go through those, right? So I'll do those actually throughout the day of like segment intending, hmm. right? But then I will, I'll, so I have, a, I have a list journal and a like a like bullet journal kind mm -hmm. of, and then like a free form kind of diary journal. Yeah. So like two separate like books, right? So 
I will list journal, so like writing out like an affirmation, mm. um, doing like the three best things, the three worst things from like that you know, previous night, previous day. Yeah. Um, um, you know, gratitude, like what I learned, um, about, like th three different categories about what I learned, of like what I learned about myself, mm. what I learned about people, and then what I learned about the world. Nice. Right, so it's like forces me to think not just within one context of learning. Yeah. But then I have like improvements, um, and then I ask a question of like, why did today happen? Hmm. So then that gets me to the mindset of like, all right, when I like track this, like in Notion, I'll track this every day. Hmm. I'll see like, all right, like on February 10th, like this is why today happened. It's like a quick glimpse into that day. Because then, because it's easy to like it's lose funny, that's track. That's birthday that you said. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <mate>. oh wow! <laughs> um, wow! <laughs> Super slow. Yeah. So then I'll write, you know, all those things like that. You know, the morning, right? So then I'll kind of do like something called actually a. It's called Voxiddhi. It's like a Sanskrit term, hmm. but it basically just because a lot of times we, at least I have an issue of like saying something and then not following through. Hmm. <laughs> Um, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot we of people, do, yeah. right? Of like, even on the business scale, like, all right, we have this plan, and then it's like expectation management, and then it falls off like yeah. three months later, right? Whatever. But what that practice allows me to do, which I've been doing for the last couple of years, is then like you write down things like in the format of I will, and then whatever it is, but it's not like a task list or a to do list, but it's, those are things that you're definitely going to be doing that day. So like this morning I wrote down like, I will drink celery juice, mm. right? I will talk to Justin Kelsey. <laughs> I will, you know, uh, have like meet this meeting today or whatever yeah. it is, right? Like things that like 99% mm. you're going to get done. And then at the end of the day or, you know, the next morning, you check that box and then it trains your mind that like, okay, that what I said in the morning, I actually did. Mm. Instead of like a task list when you have 10 things to do and you'll do mm. five, you're focused on the five that you didn't do, yeah, yeah. right? And so it's like... It, do you manually uh, like write this out or you're using Notion for that bulleted template? Or well, like, so both. I mean, I, ha I write it down physically. Like, so I... On like a scratch piece of paper, like a full empty piece? So do you have like a, already a pre-printed... No, kind of so I, I don't have any pre-printed templates yet. Mm -hmm. um, I want to get to that point. Mm -hmm. um, but right, since I've like iterated through so many versions, mm -hmm. I kind of write down my template at the beginning of the week for mm. each of the days of that week. Nice. So I write down those different things and if I want to make changes to those, I can do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so then that really helps me kind of get into that, you know, setting the intentions and like doing all those things, right? Um, I love that. I just, I recently made my own like template version of that and like yeah. put it in Word in a PDF form and made two months worth and then took it to FedEx and had it like spiral bound so it's in like its own like okay. little notebook and stuff. It's a game changer too. It's okay. Like, yeah. I can like that, share yeah. it with you afterwards okay, if you yeah. want to like see how I did it but it, it then you don't have to like, because I was doing the exact same thing as you. I was like writing all these bulleted questions out every day and it's like man that takes a lot of time just to like write this out and get it ready for me to now fill in. So I just, you know, made a two months worth of one. And granted, I'm kind of locked into that for two months. But at the end of the two months, I can always change it up. Kind of yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I think because I value the iteration piece of it, mm -hmm. but I also value time where it's like, yeah. you know, it takes like, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes to write those up for the week. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's time I can be filling those in instead of writing yeah, them yeah. out. Right. Definitely. Um, that's so cool, though. I, yeah, I guess what, what sorts of like, what sorts of like meditation do you do when you like are doing like using the Calm app and stuff like that? Yeah, it kind of varies based on the day. Like if I just need a quick session, I'll just do like, you know, this typical daily mindfulness practice with Tamara Levitt or whatever that's on Calm. Um, and that one works pretty good. There's another one that I've, 
I've really liked their like how to meditate series. I think I can't remember the, the name of the guy. I think it's Jeff that does that series. Okay. And it's, uh, one of the main guys on there now, but it got it's a 30 day practice. So it's like day one, day two, day three, all the way through day 30. Okay. That teaches you all these different styles of meditation. It's like, hey, today we're gonna focus on this style of meditation. Yeah. Today we're gonna focus on this style. So that by the end of the 30 days, you kind of know the style that works best for you personally because there is no like and I'll be all when it comes to mindfulness as you know yeah. like, it's going to be different for everybody yeah. based on location mindset all of that so you know I loved following that and I kind of now use that as a framework like hey if I'm feeling like this to stay I'm going to use this style of meditation if I feel like this to stay you know if I'm in a really busy location like this and I really wanted to meditate I might close my eyes and like visualize myself somewhere else that's really quiet and peaceful and yeah. use that as my practice. But maybe there's other days I want to focus on, you know, if I had an injury or if I was like sore, I, I do more of like a body scan and that kind of meditation yeah. and really try to like breathe into those areas. So it just varies based on the day and what I'm feeling and if, if I can remember the type of meditation I want to do. But yeah, um, yeah I don't know. That, it kind of just switches around by the day. But I, I loved that series on Calm just to learn what worked for me best based on the situation I was in. Okay, nice. Are, are there other types of ones that you've seen out there that you've wanted to try? Oh, I would love to like get into some like I don't know solo non guided meditation. Okay. Like I think yeah. that's the the elevation of what I'm working towards. Like it's to be able to you know sit I don't know outside for 30 minutes with my eyes closed and really lead myself through my own guided practice. I guess versus yeah. just like listening to someone else, which I again it keeps me on track because otherwise like. Right now, I feel like if I did that, my mind would wander and get all over the place. And part of that is like accepting that your mind is wandering and breathing back into your yeah. you know, center point, whether that's your breath or whatever you're going after. But I think, uh, you know, I would love to explore some self-guided meditation where I'm leading myself through my own practice, but yeah. still working towards that. Um, you know, I, I would love if I had like, I don't know, a, a rock on the top of a mountain I could go sit on every day and like, <laughs> do that and like really breathe yeah. into like nature. But um, you know, that's obviously a lot to ask when you're in the middle of a city, like every day. Right, yeah. uh, maybe one day when I have like a mountain house, I'll have a little rock that I can go yeah. sit on. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be cool. But uh, I don't know. I'm always like evolving that practice. To be honest, I need to get better at my meditation practice. I feel like I mean, everyone says that, but you know, I don't stick to it every single day when I feel like I really should try to. I'd say I hit it five out of seven days a week. Oh, that's funny, on weekends, yeah. I'm guilty of not doing it. Um, you know, if I skip it in my morning routine because I had a crazy morning, I need to try to make up for it, you know, on, on an afternoon or something right. like that. Um, I also find myself, if I find myself really stressed in a given day, like I have a lot of work, one of the best things I can do is like go lock myself in a room in our office and close the door and just breathe for 10 minutes and yeah. do some deep breathing. So that's, that's helped me a lot as well. I, how, well, also, I guess before I go there, I wanted to, uh, just share so for me I think what really helped yeah so I last year I started getting into uh, Tai Chi um, and it's like an amazing experience because I've done yoga and like obviously meditation before but then like Tai Chi kind of brings in a different aspect and I actually had a previous conversation like podcast I had my like the Sifu like the teacher nice. um, on it and he was, he was, obviously we went in depth into Tai Chi and all yeah, that that's awesome. but it's like kind of relaxing because I think we think of like meditation as like a you know, you're like sitting down and like, it's a, it's more like a mental experience, right? Mm -hmm. But then like with Tai Chi, it's, it's more of a physical experience as well. Cause it's so like, um, how would you describe like going through a Tai Chi? So it's kind of like yoga. Yeah. Um, so I would kind of characterize yoga as you're like, you're, you have movement, but then you're getting to a pose, right? Mm -hmm. You're like moving to get 
to like the, something that is like stretching yeah. or like you know, whatever it is, right? Tai Chi, you're still having movement, but then you're focusing on the movement itself mm -hmm. rather than focusing on the movement to get to something. Mm -hmm. um, that may not be like textbook, the, no, the, what saying. it is, I'm but following. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so like you're focused on like the balance, like, because I've gained like so much more like uh, physical balance of like, all right, I'm like, my weight is distributed 1% more on my left, like yeah. now I need to like, you know, recalibrate a little bit. Like, this is like centering yourself, but then that's kind of translated into like mental and emotional and like spiritual balance as well, yeah. where, you know, when you do something that small scale and the focus on, on it very slowly, because it's not like, it's a martial art, but it's mm -hmm. not like Kung Fu or Taekwondo where you're like, it's not like more martial, if yeah, you will, it's right? it's not combat focused. Yeah, it's not combat, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's more, slowing down right and you know, like this phrase um, like slow is smooth and smooth is fast mm. right yeah. and so like if you slow it down then you can really understand like the movements of your like body and you can feel like the energy kind of going through your hands yeah. and like, feet and whatnot do you do like any sort of guided practice or how do you like start your are you watching something on the TV yeah so you? it's I, I go to a school oh, you, oh, nice. um, so it's like just classes um, like five days a week, but I go to, I go to like two of them, okay. two of them a week. And so like, you know, go through like the form and stuff like that um, to, you know, it's, it's like an endless, the form, there's like many different forms, even have like weapons. So like I've started working on like a staff form oh, wow. as well. So that's cool. Um, but then like it really gives that sense of calm, right? So even like we even do meditations and like different like, it's called Qigong exercises in there. Yeah. I don't know if you've I'm heard familiar of it. With yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So have you tried it? Only like on my own, like okay, never yeah. guided by somebody else, but I've watched a couple YouTube videos on it and okay, tried yeah. it to some degree. And I like it. It's like, yeah. yeah, I guess more like mindfulness, but in a moving way. Yeah, exactly. It's just like working on balance, working on like, um, you know, stretching a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then sometimes we also do like, there's different types of meditation we do like while we're standing. Mm -hmm. There's like standing meditation where we'll do like, it's kind of like this pose, like it's a tree universal pose. Mm -hmm. We're just like kind of standing like, knees are not like locked and they're kind of relaxed like shoulders are relaxed um, and then you just kind of like imagine there's like an energy ball like right in front of you mm. like you're almost like tr hugging a tree right and then so like you stand there like relaxed right so it'll for me when I do that you can feel like the the chi like the uh, energy kind of going through your hands uh, um, and feeling like um, like feeling relaxed and sometimes we'll do it for five minutes sometimes we'll do it for like 15 minutes huh. right so like that kind of experience right brings in both the body and the mind and then sometimes we'll actually do like like different poses not just like a relaxed like standing one yeah. but like more standing it's like a call a cat stance but it's like you know you're like what weight is more distributed on one leg versus another and you're like in a specific pose and so like that kind of brings in both the body and the mind to like into that meditative process and so you're focused on both at the same time but also like focused on your breath and yeah. you know like breathing through the stomach rather than breathing through your chest mm -hmm. right and so like getting that oxygen like blood to flow throughout your body and then when you feel like the the chi flowing the through chi. it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like avatar the air like yeah, airbender it's, <laughs> it's like shooting beams out your head yeah exactly yeah. 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 No, check it out i mean i've seen i lived in san francisco for a brief period of time and i oh, would yeah. look out my window and see like groups of people in the parks and stuff doing qigong together in the mornings and in the evenings and yeah uh, i was always like fascinated by the concept of it you know i might might try it out and watch a youtube video and try to follow along in my little yoga room <laughs> see how it goes yeah there's it's because we actually do it out in the parks because nice. they used to have like a school, like a physical building. Then with COVID, they brought it outside, and I only joined after COVID. So I've only experienced it doing it in parks. 
So it's amazing, like doing it out in nature, like you're yeah. on the grass. Let me know next time you do one. I'll, yeah, I'll come, I'll I, I usually go to like Freedom Park and whatnot to okay, do I'll it join sometimes. Along. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Nice. Um, but yeah, I guess I think that would be a good time. I usually try to, like you know, halfway through whatever conversation, kind of have something where in a conversation where we normally don't have um, like a, a I guess something that we normally follow, which is like taking a break, mm. right? Because I know in the conversation we're always like, all right, what am I going to say next? <laughs> what am I going to ask? Or yeah. you know, vice versa, right? Yeah. But then I think sometimes it's good to, I mean, it's, I think, um, topical that we talk about meditation and Tai Chi and whatnot, right? To like help us relax and being calm, right? Mm. And so I think um, what I want to do is just take a quick break here yeah. um, for 30 seconds a minute, just like relax, just think about what we've talked about, whatever. Yeah. And then at the end of that break, um, I really believe that you can really find out the most about a person not just through the answers that they give, but the questions that they ask. Mm. And so at the end of the break, I'll ask you to ask me a question, uh-huh. and then we'll kind of go and continue the conversation from okay. there. Okay, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Nice. I'm gonna check and see if my team has texted oh, me yeah, real yeah. quick, because sure. I know they're on their way to the studio. Awesome. I'll let you have the floor and ask yeah. me a question. We'll go from there. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, I love, I think we have a lot of similar mindsets in a lot of ways yeah. about just how we go about our day and our months and our weeks. And I'm curious, because uh, this is something I usually talk about, again, friends that have a similar mindset on this, is how they go about, I guess, recapping. You know, it's, it's towards the start of the year. We just wrapped up 2021. Be curious if you have much of a process on, you know, taking a look back, uh, you know, retrospective to 2021, pulling out any learnings from that, and then how are you now using those or planning or setting your goals or setting your projections for 2022? I guess a little bit more on your process of like, okay, 2021 is wrapped, here's what I want to do in 2022, and here's how I'm going to do it, and here's how I'm going to track it. So yeah, it's a broad question, but curious your yeah. process on that. Yeah, so last, so November 2020, I started kind of watching uh, August Bradley, uh, like one of the Notion yeah. um, creators. And so he kind of talks about like a life operating system. And so I kind of built my life operating system in, in Notion following his videos. And so I built it out kind of following 80 to 90% of what he said, right? And so like within there is kind of like a lot of different like knowledge management, you know, content creation, all these things, right? But part of that is like the, the daily tracking, like the review process, like weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly. Right, and so I started building that out, and then actually last year, while using it and executing against it, I have, I've started taking, so I kind of plan things out by quarter. So I think 90 days is a good time frame. I even read in like, I think Traction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Did you like that book? Yeah, it was a good book, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I'm still mixed on it, to be honest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, it's, there's nothing like revelatory in it, yeah. but it's like, if you follow it's it, it's like... Reinforce, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but I think, so, I mean, in, in the book, it was, I mean, he said like, you know, 90 days is like that kind of that time frame where people start losing momentum from what they planned on. So like, it's good to get back on track, right? Around that three month time frame. So every kind of dis last week, last weekend of December, whatever it is, it's a good reflective time period anyways every like, you know, March, April, so every 13 weeks, basically, mm. I'll, every quarter, I'll uh, kind of go into like a remote place, like physically, and kind of do my planning. Mm. And so like last year in March, March and September, October, I went to um, up near Lake Norman, got a yurt up there, nice. found it on like glamping hub or oh. whatever, um, and just booked it for like a couple nights. And so just spent my full day kind of, uh, reflecting reviewing um, on like the like I already had set questions and agenda going into it so that I didn't have to think about those questions wh when I was there because I wanted to maximize my time there mm. and so like writing about or like I think I spent maybe 30% of the time thinking about um, my like the past quarter so like I do have like daily tracking which then rolls up into like weekly monthly quarterly so then on a quarterly level I all I have my like daily tracking metrics, like how much sleep that I got. And this well, is all in Notion? Yeah, exactly. Um, like how much, you know, what were my diet scores for the day, right? Like zero out of a hundred, like how healthy did I eat, right? Or like what was my productivity or what was my focus or balance that I felt, right? So all these things I can see on a quarterly basis, like, all right, um, these are the things that I want to improve on, right? Or like, here's like my media that I saw or here's like, um, the books that I read and here are the teachings or takeaways that I want to take away from there and then like use I I use like retro templates um, so you know like agile retros like you know start stop continue or you know uh, calm is one is like keep add less more right and so then you like those are pre-asked questions right or what are the things that I want to keep doing from this past quarter what are the things that I want to add what are the things that I want to do less of or do more of right so having these like retro styles allow me and spending like good 30 minutes an hour on each of those specific styles let me go into like deep into you know um, into that reflection process right from then from there I kind of had built out like kind of main my main like quarterly ambitions like have like a monthly quarterly theme um, and then or a quarterly ambition and like a monthly theme and like a weekly priority and then so then like I build out all my action items for the quarter basically during that quarterly planning session I call it quarterly circle and so then when I'm at the remote place, it still has like Wi-Fi and whatnot. Um, but then it's remote enough where I can like journal or work out and read and whatever, right? So then I do that, you know, I did that in May or uh, in March, April, and then June, July, uh, September, October, and then when I'm back home in December for the holidays. Yeah. And so I'm gonna do that again in like about a month or so. And so like that really gets me into that re reflective process. Because when you're like in a physical location that like separated away, like what you're saying with like, you know, sometimes you just lock yourself in the room at work and yeah. like, all right, listen to like de-stress or whatever it is, yeah. right? The kind of similar thing. I just love being on my own and being able to like think. And so that process has really, like building that system, that life operating system, I call it SciOS. <laughs> um, and so like building that system has kind of really huh. allowed me to like get more clarity on what I want to do, yeah. not think about what I want to do every you know, every day, right? I yeah, just need yeah, to execute yeah. against it. Huh. So that, wow. that's like really helps. So much to unpack there. <laughs> I know, like. it's, I've, I mean, I have like a, was 18 part podcast series wow. on like my like life operating system. Really? 
Um, so I'm, I'm building like a, and so like going into 2022, like part of your question, um, I'm building a like a YouTube course um, called the TLDR of life. Um, so it's like a week, weekly course, um, you know, lessons where like building my own life operating system. And it's going to be like m my version two where like I'm going to take what I've learned in the last year from using what I previously had, all the learnings that I've had through journaling, etc., and then bring it into like a YouTube course and actually document the process of me building my own version of a life operating system. Wow. So it's probably gonna take many quarters and maybe even like years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, I'm excited to share that journey so that hopefully people who are watching also engage in the activity and not just watch it passively. Yeah, um, no, I mean, it sounds super exciting. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely be watching probably before anyone else. Let me know when it's live and, no, and yeah. I'm in there. I mean, that's right up my alley of the stuff I, I love and, and okay. up, so. I don't know if you watch like Thomas Frank on YouTube. He does I've heard of it. I haven't seen that much. A ton of Notion stuff and productivity stuff as well. But it reminds me of something he would do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love to see your template sometime outside of that. If you, we could hop on a Zoom, I'd love to just kind of have, have yeah. a quick walkthrough of it because I, yeah, I struggle with tracking in Notion sometimes because it's so digital and I tend to build overly complex systems when I build something in Notion because you can, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have a hard time like keeping up with it. I'm like, man, am yeah. I, when am I going to fill out all this information? And yeah. I, I think that's just more of a me thing. I need to block some time to do it every day. But, you know, I love the idea of, you know, the different frameworks you have built into that and especially the idea of every quarter going to somewhere remote and kind of looking back on the last quarter, planning for the next quarter, what are you going to change? What are you going to keep? The things you mentioned yeah. there. I've been like yearning for a trip like that lately because I feel like I really need it. I just haven't booked it, haven't taken the time to like go do it. Yeah. And you know, now we're already like a month and a half into the quarter. So right. it's like, wow, where's time gone? <laughs> Where'd it go? Um, but I'm definitely like gonna just do it one of these upcoming weekends, like grab some time, you know, either with my girlfriend or without and just go to a little yurt or something on the mountain yeah. and kind of do the same thing. So prior to going into that, would love to see your framework. And I, for sure. I have a few that friends have also done similar and sent to me so we can kind of compare yeah. learnings and then especially when that V2 comes out, I think that's going to be super exciting. Yeah, I guess if you can walk me through like how your like workflow or how you kind of balance the, what you're saying of like sometimes it's tough to balance the physical versus the digital aspect of like having your own life operating system, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever version of that it yeah. is, right? How do you kind of, I guess walk me through your like workflow and using platforms and yeah I'm I'm so bad about that sometimes because I I'm, I'm always jumping from one tool to another tool to another platform to another platform yeah, yeah. I haven't found one that I've like fully stuck to for more than like a few months at a time maybe yeah uh, I again have a similar life operating system in uh in notions partially inspired by traction partially inspired by like uh you know, a handful of other books that I've read over the like e-myth and some of those that are yeah. kind of built into that now um but I, again, every day, like, am not remembering to log into Notion and track things. So then I moved yeah. over to a more physical format and I right. kind of binded my own, like, book, like I was talking about. And now it's like, you know, starts off with the gratitude and what are you grateful for? And what are your three big things you're going to accomplish today? And right yeah. under that is like, uh, you know, what are your backup things you're going to accomplish today? What are the three things you're going to learn today? And on the right hand side is literally like a, a daily planner by the hour of the page so oh, I can okay, yeah. translate things directly and like time block them there and, sense. and then take them into Google Calendar if I want to like block off specific times for things but you know I go so back and forth on my like daily structure like recently I listened to um, one of the Huberman Lab podcasts oh, okay, I don't know yeah. if you listened to, to Huberman yeah, I've, but I've heard amazing um, one of one of the best 
podcasts I've ever listened to, obviously besides this one. uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, But he has a great episode on how he structures his day um, and exactly how he goes into his day. I'll send it to you afterwards if you haven't heard it. But he literally from like the moment he wakes up to the moment he goes to bed, goes through every aspect of his day. And he's like one of the world renowned like biohacker slash, you know, he goes into neurobiology of everything we do and why we do it. So it was interesting to follow his routine, which is a culmination from all of his research over the years. And here is how I execute my day. And one of the biggest things he does is he doesn't like time block out tasks per se at the start of every day, but he has these like 90 minute working sessions that he's like very particular about. I think he, he does his little morning routine, you know, maybe works out, I think from like 10, from 9 to 10 a.m. then at 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. is like 100% focused work, no internet, no cell phone, puts a cell phone in in the downstairs or in the car and locks the car, (laughs) you know, turns off his Wi-Fi unless he needs it for that project and he just works for those 90 minutes. Maybe takes a halfway point break, five minute, you know, Pomodoro kind of technique or something. But uh, that 90 minute period or span, he knows he's gonna get one major thing accomplished every day. So I've been trying to adopt that lately. Um, and then I try to do one more, you know, 90-minute session in the afternoon. So at least I have two 90-minute sessions, maybe three. I've lately been trying to squeeze three in where it's like, hey, I have from 10 to 11.30 a.m. I have from 1 to 1.30 or 2.30 p.m. And then maybe I have from like 4 to 5.30 p.m. Yeah. Which I kind of prioritize like my most important kind of stuff's going to fit in that first block. I think I need yeah. more mental energy for the like stuff that I don't really want to do. It's not going to take a lot of brain power to do. will fit in that like last chunk of the day right and at least that way even if the rest of the day is crazy and i'm responding to emails and responding to slack messages yeah there's always at least four and a half hours of like very focused work every day from those three 90 minute sessions and that's enough as an entrepreneur if you can have four and a half hours of truly impactful oh, work yeah. you're gonna make progress that day no matter what and the rest of the stuff is just kind of minute logistical things that pop up throughout the day yeah so how, how do you like so there's like the those deep work sessions right mm-hmm. basically so then how do you layer on the other like what i call medium and light because i i also like have you know kind of blocking into 90 minute sections yeah, right nice. so then how do you layer on like the medium and light work type of stuff that doesn't fall into the deep work category that's what i'm currently trying to figure out okay. so i don't have a great <laughs> system for it um i'd say like before i start my first 90 minute session i usually have like 15 or 20 minutes of like checking slack checking emails for the day so i know there was like nothing critical that morning I had to delegate out before I go like offline for an hour and a half yeah um, like no burning client fires or anything like that like hey you know this video you exported has a bug in it or something like that which right. I don't know, just happens randomly from time to time so check that in the morning make sure there's nothing like pulling me immediately and then go into that work and then from that you know 11:30 when I wrap up that session to 1 30 or whenever I start my next one that's when I'm like eating lunch maybe doing some more light tasks sometimes I'll just block off like an hour to just knock out to-do list items it's like hey grab all the things on like your you know i again to-do lists are something i like go back and forth on i never have figured out the perfect formula i've tried notion i've tried ClickUp for using it which is our project management tool just too too complex for what i need for my personal to do so i've like brought it back really simple and just made like lists in uh that sit on my home screen that are just like urgent priority, high priority, medium priority, low priority. And I just kind of break them into just iPhone notes list with bulleted checklists. Yeah. Um, And that seems to work pretty well. So I might just block an hour and it's just like, hey, knock out all the urgent priority items on your to-do list. It's not big 
game-changing business stuff that I have to do, but it's yeah. stuff that has to get done still that's important or urgent. Um, and then there's like the Eisenhower method. If I just am overwhelmed with tasks, right. I'll do like urgent, not urgent, important, not important, and yeah. kind of figure out priorities from that method. Um, but it just kind of varies, you know, based on the day. I don't have a perfectly optimized system for fitting in those small and medium priority tasks, but yeah. uh, usually if they don't require a lot of bandwidth, I'll do it at the end of the day. If they're really important, I'll do it at the beginning of the day. Okay. Kind of go from there. That makes sense. Uh, how do, how do uh, emails fit in? Do emails fit in kind of like like time blocker, like or an hour and let me just crush through these emails? Or If I notice my inbox has really started piling up, yeah. <laughs> which it does all the time as a CEO, but I'll use one of those blocks just for email responding. Like I yeah. won't do anything that requires me leaving my inbox. Like if I have an item in my inbox okay. that's like go do this thing on this website or do like fill something out, whatever, I'll save that for an, another time period. Yeah. But if it's just like literally responding back to people, doing sales responses, sales emails, because I you know, I'm pretty much in our sales role right now. So a lot of my inbox is like sales conversations, prospect conversations, yeah. partnerships, building partnerships with other agencies, because we do a lot of work with paid social agencies as their in-house creative team. So a lot of my job is building partnerships, doing sales. So I use a tool called Superhuman, if you're familiar yeah, with yeah, it, for email. It, yeah. um, so it's it's 30 bucks a month for like an email platform, which seems a little bit steep, but it is like a major game changer for my workflow because everything is like command driven and, and shortcut driven. So like yeah. I can quickly like just crank through like a hundred emails over the course of you know a day I guess maybe like I don't know five to ten emails every half an hour kind of thing depending on how complex right. they are but I have like pre-built snippets in there it's just a shortcut away I hit like my like semicolon button and boom I can respond with a pre-built oh, like perfect. template and um, it's really smart about following up and so I can hit like H and H1H and that will make it like remind me in an hour to respond to this email kind of oh, thing perfect. or H2D and then I'm responding in two days from now. Like, so there's wow. like there, there's workflows yeah. for that built in so it's like okay I can quickly like am I going to respond to this right now? Am I going to postpone this a day? Am I going to postpone this four hours? I'm kind of guilty sometimes of just postponing everything like oh, okay, right, that, <laughs> yeah. that's, I'm constantly like seeing a flooded like snoozed items kind of at the yeah, top yeah. of my inbox <laughs> but the way Superhuman is set up is they always bounce back to the top when you snooze them so it kind of just reinforces hey you need to do this hey you need to do this hey you need to do this yeah. and finally I'll just respond to that thing and do that thing or whatever yeah. um, but Superhuman's been great for my workflow not perfect the only thing it misses compared to Gmail is like predictive text which I really loved about Gmail oh, okay. itself is like it literally knows what you're about to type as soon as you yeah, put yeah. the words in I'm like oh, that's a sweet like that's looking for oh. yeah I knew exactly what to say and I do miss that feature in Superhuman they're supposedly working on it but everything else kind of makes up for the lack of that okay how do you kind of organize like the just like many different schools of thought on like how you categorize those emails in terms because like what I do is like all right I put emails and like respond today mm -hmm. like label them as respond today and have like a side inbox for those mm -hmm. so I can see them along with my main inbox mm -hmm. and like respond today and then respond this week so then everything that's like not urgent I put in respond this week everything that like is urgent like I need to respond today like I put in respond to uh, today yeah right and so I don't, I don't know how like you kind of use like labels and stuff within that email system. I've tried it before. Um, it kind of just gets to be a little complex. I mean, Superhuman is pretty good about, again, shortcuts to create labels and assign things to labels. There's, yeah. it's, it has that functionality. But their big thing with Superhuman is like, you should be at inbox zero at the end of every day. Um, whether things are snoozed until tomorrow, like yeah. the point, it, like the way it's built is like, you can immediately, one at a time, you just go through all your emails and like either snooze it or reply immediately. So yeah. I try to clear out my inbox as much as I can every day and you get like this nice, like cool graphic that happens when you get inbox zero or a cute picture of a puppy or something. And it's like, yeah. you're incentivized to either like get through everything that day or 
assign it to another day that week using shortcuts and like assign it to okay. Wednesday or Thursday at 8 a.m. or that okay. kind of thing. So you can always see those snooze things and when you're supposed to respond to them. So I guess that functions in a way, like respond later, respond tomorrow, respond this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it will just pump it back to you on that day that you needed to respond to it. Kind so of are those things that, are those snoozed items? Are those things that like you've responded to already and you're waiting for someone to respond and then they haven't responded? Or is it just things that you just need, like, I'll respond later? Either or. So you can kind of okay. do it both ways. Like if I uh, see a message come in and I open it up, I can basically snooze it for a later time to respond to it. But I can also, when I'm sending a message out, like let's say I, I send a sales message out yeah. and I don't want to forget about that sales message before I send it off, you know, hit control H or something like that, pick a time that if nobody replies to that thread on that day, it will bounce it back as well. So, okay. um, so it kind of, you can kind of snooze in both directions. So I can snooze things that I, I just haven't, don't have time to respond to right now or not important right now. Like I'll get hit with like, Hey, you have a free thousand dollar Google ad credit from Google. It's like, okay, I could use that, but I don't really have time to figure that out right now. So I'll snooze it for four weeks from now or something like that. Okay. And four weeks from now, it'll come back. But if I send a sales message, I'm like, ooh, I need to respond to this person and make sure they can follow back with me on Monday. You know, I send the message, hit H, and then on Monday, I'll set a reminder for it to bounce back so I can respond again to them. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what's your like ideation process like um, in terms of like, all right, you have an idea, and then whether it's like content or like a DIY project or whatever it is, right? How does that idea flow from like ideation from your head into execution? A bunch of squiggly lines. <laughs> I don't know. It goes all over the place usually. Yeah. Uh, my brain is like doing 50 things at once, I feel like most times. Yeah. But uh, for business, on the business side and the creative front, where we're doing like client content, we have a very rigid process when it comes to ideation. Like it follows a, you know, 75 or 100 step SOP on like how we're ideating oh, wow. before we actually get to it. All It's all built out in Miro, so it's all okay, like flow yeah. charted out from like start to finish. Um, they know exactly like, okay, well, this is a step we're looking at competitor ads, and then from there we're writing down things we like from competitor ads, and we're saving them to Addison, which is a tool that lets us rip from Facebook ad library and save everything into like a, a Pinterest style board of creative, and then we're pulling from that creative and making the bulleted concepts and sending that to the client. So idea, Ideation process for the business is very rigid when it comes to client work. Yeah. Ideation process for me otherwise is kind of depending on the task. Like okay. I love like visuals. So, you know, when I was planning my content themes for this year that I wanted to talk about, yeah. I have like a, I don't know, four by eight foot whiteboard in my office that's just blank space most of the time. And I will create like a mind map or something oh, in the yeah. middle. So it's like, hey, this is content. And then I'll draw off all these bubbles around that that's like, the content themes that I want to talk about, you know, yeah. entrepreneurship, uh, video, DIY projects, travel videos, you know, mindset, something like that, productivity. And then off each of those, I'll maybe come up with like three or four types of sub content that okay. falls into that. Um, so I kind of have like, you know, four main content buckets and then I maybe have like three or four sub content categories within okay. those buckets. And then it also makes it really easy to schedule out content because you're like, okay, this is the week for this subcontent bucket. Next week is this subcontent bucket. Next week is this subcontent bucket. So I kind of have like a repeating, I don't know, 15 week cycle of different types of content that allows me to, by the time that's over, I can kind of revisit, okay, did these 15 types work? What got the best engagement? Okay. You know, et cetera, et cetera. But that's on the personal side. That's on the personal, but it kind of doubles as the business content too. Oh, okay. Like, you know, I don't really do much branded as Vaxa Digital. You know, a lot of the Vaxa content is branded under my personal brand on Instagram. We have an Instagram, we have a Facebook page, but a lot of it's like me posting something and then tagging Vaxa in it. Okay, yeah. Then I can cross share kind of as needed. Okay, nice. Um, 
but I think it's so hard, at least at the stage we're at, we're still a small, scrappy team. Like, we don't have a dedicated social media manager, dedicated marketing person. Like, that's right. my role. So I might as well focus on building my personal brand that is tied to Vaxa, and Vaxa is tied to that brand, and kind of grow. Like, we're about to launch a YouTube channel again, and I think I'm going to do it on my existing YouTube channel, but a series of like Vaxa-related, video-related okay, videos, yeah. and then another series that could be related to the tech app we're building, and another series, but it's all kind of tied back to my personal brand for the most part. Okay, and then link out from there. Link to, out from there to the yeah. sites or lead magnets or whatever we need to do, but okay. um, otherwise, like we're constantly gonna be building multiple you know, different channels at the same time. And then it's just like, right. Two, it's already hard enough to grow one YouTube channel, yet alone like two. Like if I was growing just the Vaxa channel, I'd have to kind of, you know, focus on that. And I would never get any personal branding content done because I don't want to post my personal branding stuff on that channel. So it's easier if I just pick one channel, bucket it all in and kind of grow it that way. That makes sense. Nice, nice. I guess um, as we kind of start wrapping up here, is there anything that, I know we've talked a lot about like high level things. We talk about a lot of like, granular like emails and like workflows and stuff like that. Is there and everything in between? Is there anything kind of leave it up the floor that you want to share that we haven't talked about yet or um, anything like that? It's hmm. a good question. I mean, we've <laughs> talked about so much throughout the, yeah. the, the process of this conversation from routines to day to day execution and content creation. Um, no, I mean, I, not that I can think of off the top of my head. I'd be curious to hear like just what you're most excited about going forward, like, you know, for the rest of 2022, like what is in store for Psy? Like, where do you see yourself growing as a person this year? What, where do you see yourself being at the end of the year? And, and kind of just something that we can work towards and that I can even hold you accountable for, for the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the main, I've really gotten to, there's a quote out there of, um, I'm blanking on it right now, but <laughs> it's hard to remember. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> on the spot, yeah. Um, basically, it's like if the, like you're not um, as you narrow your focus, your opportunity increases, mm -hmm. right? So like I've really been kind of fo like narrowing down my focus from like dozens of projects to like all right, my one main project right now that I'm working on is like that course, the YouTube course, right? It's so like that is really in what is in store for me, like on the personal side, where I'm really working on, all right, like getting that, um, you know, building up my like YouTube channel, right? It's it's hard enough to do one, right? But if it's like, you know, also working on like building up the two laundry or the laundry lab, like YouTube channels or socials or whatever it is, right? But I'm like focusing on my like personal brand on on that, right? I'm really digging into. Like my yearly theme for this year is connection through communication. Hmm. And so like, you know, I kind of view everything as, as a means to that end yeah. of like, all right, like this conversation of podcasting is a way for me to meet people, have these amazing, you know, exchanges and ideas thrown around, right? And it's like, I'm connecting through people through communication, right? Because like the last couple of years, I've really been focusing on my communication internally of like really, you know, I have like over 200 like blog posts already yeah. out there. Like you know, like you know, journaling and all these things, right? That I've learned how to communicate with myself, especially written form. But now I want to get better at like communicating interpersonally, right? And like podcasting is one way. Um, doing videos where you're looking into a webcam, yeah. right? you have to imagine a person's there. That's a different type of communication that totally. I have to learn, yeah. right? Or presentations at work, or whatever it is, right? Like getting that communicate uh, connection through that communication is really what I've been focusing on. And doing those projects that align with that is really 
like is in store for me this year. Um, and I don't know what is after that, but I think really just like building out the course and building out and you know, kind of working on a, you know, there's like the life operating system, which is complex in and of itself. But then if you think about it, it's the easiest operating system because it's only, you don't have to uh, reconcile with anyone else, right? But what happens when you translate that to an organization, right? When you have many people to kind of find the middle point of, right? Like what works in an organizational setting translate that life operating system into an organizational operating system, mm -hmm. right? So like that is one of the things that I'm like starting to talk with like Dan and Alex about, mm -hmm. uh, like, all right, how do we then, you know, there's a lot of things that's in our people's in heads that we can leverage, but it's not on paper, it's not digitally there, right? So then those are like kind of the two. So this year is really about operating systems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you to, if you have to boil it down and yeah. like, Operating systems and communication. Yeah, exactly. Those are the yeah. two main things. Nice. Um, no, that's wh awesome. What about you? I'm going to finish, wrap up there. Yeah, I mean, similar to, I guess, the latter part of that, like the operating systems is really big for us. Like, I, I'm very big into SOPs and operating systems within the business. But again, trying to get better personally as well on that. I think my big focus for, for this year is to our very first point, like letting go a little bit more. Like, I really want to be able to take a step back and you know focus on for example we're about to launch a technology platform so being able to take a step back devote 80 percent of my time to growing this new technology platform raising funding kind of going through our seed round and series a and everything we need to for that and maybe have 20 percent of my focus still remain on kind of growing vaxa but mm -hmm. being confident that my team is going to execute on that you know without me there 24 7. Yeah. so um, you know, being able to serve as kind of the visionary for both. And, you know, obviously I will still be the one responsible for growing each individual business. But, you know, fortunately, the idea we're working on is going to grow very in parallel with that. So I can kind of work simultaneously on both without having to touch both at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I think, again, just letting go, trusting that my team is going to do things, trusting that they're going to get work done that's going to wow our clients every time. Yeah. And, and still being able to focus on the other aspects like, growing our tech platform or our you know presence elsewhere our building partnerships so yeah um, that's a big focus of mine for this year is just on the aspect of like letting go and trusting the team so nice. um, and I think that will make my life much less stressful as we continue to scale <laughs> love that love that so. um, well it's been awesome talking to you Justin um, I think I know we've talked like professionally before but I think like this was an opportunity for us to like express how we like think from a day-to-day -day perspective business and life and family, all these things, right? Yeah. And so I think it's amazing to, hopefully the start of, um, you know, a long, long, you know, friendship, long, you know, uh, mentorship maybe even, but I think, you know, this is um, awesome. amazing to spend some time here with you today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, I love this conversation. I love opening up the mind a little bit like this anytime I can. So appreciate you having me. Awesome. Thanks, Justin. And thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Size Size podcast and the Casually Profound series. I'll see you next time.